Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Rivercats 9 Lives podcast. Our guest this week is right-handed reliever for the Rivercats, Taylor Williams. I, I want to go back a little bit. I want to go back to your freshman year at the University, at, at actually Washington State. And, and you know, look, that was, a, that was a strange year for you. You didn't get a lot of time. And I'm sure at that point, I want to know what, what goes into your mindset at that point where you're like, you're looking at your future, you're like, I know there were a lot of schools I could have actually played. What happened that year, and, and how did you? Uh, what was your mindset? Uh, I mean, it was definitely an interesting year. It was yeah. a. Um, I was young. I was a freshman in college, yeah. so I had all, obviously, all the new experiences of going to college for the first year. Um, I think it was just. I mean, I had high expectations going into the year. I think mm-hmm. the the coaching staff, um, the team, and myself had high expectations for myself. I was actually the first guy out of the bullpen that year. Yeah. As a freshman, and then. My first kind of my first few outings, you know, I struggled and kind of went south, and um, the opportunity kind of just slipped away a little bit later in the year. Um, I only ended up throwing nine to ten innings, I think it was maybe yeah. fifteen, I can't remember. Um, but I was a little bit frustrated as well, and I still kind of had the desire to play the field as well. And yeah. I, I was a position player at the time, or I felt like I was a pretty good one in in high school, and I was supposed to go to Washington State to play two way. Yeah, um, they wanted me to focus on pitching, and then. Uh, Really, the, the the deciding factor in me deciding to transfer from Washington State was I went and played summer ball that year in Keene, New Hampshire. Yes. Uh, with the Keene Swamp Bats, um, and I, I did I had that opportunity to really focus on pitching and kind of get away from uh, the college atmosphere a little bit and just have fun playing again and yeah. get away from all those stresses that I had in my freshman year at Washington State. I'll tell you a big move for you though. You go to Mount Hood Community College, and that was great in a lot of ways because not only. Were you free and you were playing more and you're a two-way player and all that? But it led to the New England Collegiate League, which led to the guys who were kind of recruiting you at Kent State. Let's start with uh, Mount Hood, what that experience was like. Mount Hood was awesome. You know, uh, Mount Hood has a rich tradition in baseball. Um, they have good good coaches over there. Uh, coach Donahue was my coach there um, when I was there, and he, I think he's still there. But um, it's, a, it's a cool atmosphere to, to go there and really just work on getting better as a baseball player. Um, to go back to the – I would – highly suggest going to junior college for any player that's kind of undecided out of high school um it's a good opportunity to really just uh drill the fundamentals of baseball and get repetitions um and play in a competitive league it was wood bad as well going back to the nwac league which was a lot of fun as well um i was able to play two-way there and uh just you know kind of find that love and passion for the game that i always had growing up well, you know, you go to New England uh, Collegiately and Woodbat League, and you get really three guys in that team said, "Listen, you got to go to Kent State, man." They kind of uh, they kind of recruited you to go to Kent State, and just meeting those guys and being in that atmosphere that completely turned your whole the whole trajectory of your career around. It really did. Yeah, I became really uh, really close friends with a guy named Derek Toadvine. He was the second baseman, uh, shortstop at Kent State. Um, we hung out a lot that spent, summer. Spent a lot of time at the gym uh, working out together, and just you know. Uh, putting the time in and he said hey you know if you're looking at transferring from Washington State um, we can talk to the coaches at Kent State and see if they're interested I went on a visit there um, had a great time Uh, the thing that kind of sold me was that Kent State has uh, they have a really good pitching coach there uh, named Mike Birkbeck Um, Mm -hmm. and he's he played an extremely big part in my career uh, moving forward as a pitcher and a player what were the things he worked on you with? Because because not because I was it was kind of in, in reading about you doing the homework, uh, you know you, you go to Kent State, but your stuff was even uh, even better than it was your first two years. What was specifically he worked on you with? Was it weight training? Was it just uh, what kinds of things did he work on you with? Yeah, I think I, I think of 
uh, was someone that was athletic and, you know, had a lot of ability and I could always throw the ball pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't very refined as a pitcher and I always played two way. So I never really focused a lot of my time on pitching. Yeah. And I think when I went to Kent State, I was able to really hone in on that craft of, of pitching. And he really kind of just helped me help sculpt me into that. Uh, he didn't really, he didn't want to completely change who I was, you know, um, or make me very mechanical. He just yeah. kind of, he liked to say he's like, it's like a sculpture, you know, I just kind of like chisel a little bit here, chisel a little bit there. Love and that. next thing you know, it's a piece of art. And um, that's kind of what he's really good at as a pitching coach. And uh, I'd say, yeah, obviously the strength and conditioning aspect of that, I got stronger, yeah. um, was on a good strength and conditioning program there at Kent State. And uh Played with, played under some really good coaches there and some good teammates. It was just a good atmosphere that fit really well for me. Yeah, and an outstanding analogy with the sculpture. I, 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 lo- I love that. And then you, you get drafted in the fourth round out of Kent State. Did you have any any idea you'd go that high? I mean, that's 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 uh, impressive for where you were to get the fourth round pick. I didn't. I, um, you know, I always had expect high expectations for myself and aspirations to get drafted extremely yeah. high like that. But I was really just I would have been happy just to go inside the top ten at that yeah. point. Um, I think it kind of – I had some really good starts throughout the the middle of the season there at Kent State, and I kind of – I think it just built confidence in myself mm-hmm. uh, really as a player and as a person. And um, I just kind of ran with the opportunity that I had there and tried to make the most of it. And next thing you know, it was I was actually sitting in my dad's classroom when I got drafted. That was a pretty cool moment. That's and amazing. It's the fourth round. I, it was a dream come true. I never expected to really ever get drafted that high. That's amazing. And then, then something amazing happened to you. You're in the Brewers' system. And spring of 15, a guy by the name of Ryan Braun comes up to you, and he says to you by the batting cage, he said, you have the best stuff out of anybody here in camp. And that, you were kind of taken aback and and kind of, whoa, where did that come from? But that gave you so much confidence to think, here's an all-star, here's one of the best players in baseball right now, giving me one of the greatest compliments. And that, that kind of helped you a little bit. Definitely. That year, uh, my first year in big league camp at the Brewers was huge for my career. Obviously, that later on that spring, I ended up getting hurt and missing a couple years. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I was able to face some really good hitters in my first couple live BPs there. Scooter Jeanette, uh, yeah. Ramos Ramirez, uh, the list goes on. Chris Davis, you know, there's a yeah. lot. There were a lot of good players in that Brewers lineup at the time, and I was fortunate enough that I got to face them. And I, it was, like I said, it was kind of an opportunity in front of me. And at that age, I just viewed it as, you know, let's make the most of it. Let's go yeah. out there and see, show them what I got. Um, then later on, I was able to play with Ryan quite a bit. Yes, obviously hearing those words from him meant a lot. And yeah. it, it was a huge confidence boost. Um, but, yeah, he's just a, to get that kind of feedback from that caliber of a player. Um, it's, it was huge for me. It was, you know. No question. Now, August, you have Tommy John and then another – layer to your career where it, it takes three years to get back really uh it, it, when you go through something like that and i've asked players about this before when you go through a tommy john and you're, you're rehabbing and everything like that and you're like when is this gonna end when can i pitch in a live game you end up going to biloxi but before that how tough was that and just bearing down and realizing i have to exercise some patience here uh definitely i, I just i remember having the realization that I was going to miss two seasons in a row and I just yeah. kind of broke down and cried. I was with yeah. my dad. Uh, I went back home before I got surgery and it was just, it was, it was hard at first. And then it was kind of like, you know, this is obviously what I would love to do. And this is what I've poured a lot of time and effort yeah. into my entire life. And, um, to kind of give up on something like that, that I had put so much heart into, uh, I feel like I would have been selling myself short. So it was yeah. just, it's like anything. I just kind of set my sights on what I what I wanted to achieve and what I wanted, where I wanted to to still get to. Yeah. And um, 
I just took the steps that I knew I needed to take to get to that point and the rest took care of itself. I, I saw it as an opportunity, you know, like even though I'm hurt and I'm not playing the game that I love right now, yeah. these are still years of my life that I have to look back on. And um, if I look back and I don't, I didn't make the most of those days and I didn't enjoy it, my life's going to be miserable. And it's Great just going to be two, two years that I'm going to look back on and regret, you know. Yeah. So I just tried to make the most of every day, be an energy giver, not an energy taker. Love it. Um, just embrace the relationships that I was able to build during that time. Very yeah. grateful for the people that helped me come back from all the injuries that I've had over the course of time in baseball. There's a lot of good trainers out there. Yeah. A lot of good teammates that have helped me get to this point uh, to still be pitching. No question. You go to Biloxi and then you go to the big leagues. And what was the – tell us about the call-up and your, your first experience in, in a big league uniform and the butterflies and all that. Oh, it was awesome. I was in Mobile, Alabama, and um, it was towards the end of the season, and it was kind of right around that time, the end of August, when you know September call-ups are coming. Um, I had been struggling that year coming back from Tommy John with some injuries here and there, um, not recovering well, and they finally moved me to the bullpen, I think, with like a month left before September, and I kind of just like I said, another opportunity in front of me. I kind of took that opportunity in the bullpen to just try to run with it and try right. to try to get to the big leagues. That was the goal. And um, I pitched that night. I think I pitched two innings, came in the locker room, and uh, our manager said that he, Mikey Guerrero, he said he had something to announce to the team. And then he flipped me a big league ball, and he said, hey, can you get used to using these balls? And everyone went kind of ecstatic and that was it was a cool it was fun I, I, I came up with a lot of the guys that were in that locker room so it was a special moment for me to share that experience with a lot of those guys and even a few guys that I rehab with coming back from Tommy John so it was even more special doing having that yeah and then you get up there uh and obviously the nerves going to the first game what was the situation uh first game was in Cincinnati um it was a day game um, I think we were down by like six or seven, I believe. Um, first batter I faced was Scooter Jeanette, which was funny because he was in the, my first big league yeah. camp with the Brewers when I was there. And so come full circle, I faced him. Did that make um, you almost feel comfortable? Like the only It did a little bit, yeah, because yeah. he's a really good – he's an easygoing guy, good guy, yeah. um, awesome to be with, be around. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he hit a nubber right back in front of home plate. I was throwing to Stephen Vogt, who was catching at the time, who's awesome, yes. also a great guy. Yeah. Um, he picked it up. And I threw it to first for the first out, so that was my first. And then I got a fly out to center and uh, two outs, and that was my first big league experience. But it was pretty crazy. It was uh, something that I cherish a lot. So let me get this straight. Your debut, you were pitching to Stephen Vogt? I was, yes. That, that's fantastic. Yeah, Stephen fantastic. Vogt, he was a great river cat, an awesome guy, and, and uh, actually a good chance you're going to see him next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stephen Vogt's a great guy. I mean, yeah. I had the opportunity to to be in the same locker with him for a couple of years and just uh, such a charismatic person, uh, locker room leader, uh, great baseball player, hard nose, uh, able to keep it light for everyone in the for locker sure. room as well. For I sure. don't know if you've ever seen his his yeah. referee skit. Oh, yeah, it's the pretty, best. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's the best, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm just fortunate. I feel extremely fortunate to be able to play the game uh, with a lot of the guys that I've been able to so far in my career. It's been, you know, it's been crazy yeah you bring you bring an amazing energy to the clubhouse all all the pitchers talk about it just having you around having you in the bullpen a veteran guy but you uh, you know I I said the same thing Austin Dean you have it too you have an ability uh you have a charisma to you and you have an ability to bring everybody together and I think that's something that uh it helps a clubhouse there's a reason this is one of the better clubhouses this Rivercat clubhouse I think it's because of people like yourself that that kind of bring everybody together that's how you've always been yeah I think that I I 
kind of contribute that to just being raised well i feel i guess i don't know my parents i have great parents um my dad would always preach character and just you know uh being positive and having good energy being a leader he always believed in being a leader and so it's not something that i think i'm consciously like always trying to do but um like over the course of the ups and downs of your career you realize that you know there's no point in being a negative nance and um being a, a selfish guy and being an eye guy and yeah. you don't really get anything from that uh your team doesn't get anything from that you personally don't get anything from yeah. that any fulfillment so for me it's just like i said it's just coming to the field bringing a positive energy trying to yes. make a positive impact on the people that i'm around every day uh creating good relationships yeah. uh being passionate about what i do and just uh you know loving every day before we let you go uh i had a chance the other day to meet uh your lovely wife and your, and your little boy uh, that is pretty special. I know everybody says, you know, you go back home, no matter what happens on the field, you get to see your wife and your kid, and it, it just, it's its the greatest. Now, the second place isn't close. Uh, so how has that been, having having your little boy? Uh, it's been life-changing, for sure. Uh, it's been the, probably, I know it's kind of cliche to say, but it's definitely been the greatest thing that's happened to me. Um, it's its pretty special to wake up every morning and see a, sm- a smile on that little guy's face. Yeah. So um, very fortunate for my wife, who, you know, sacrifices things that she might want to do so that my kid can be with me here and she's yeah. here with me and supporting me throughout the season so yeah just having those uh having my wife and my kid in my life it's been pretty it's been pretty awesome all right hey listen we've got to wrap it up but uh thanks so much for uh for what you do on a daily basis in that clubhouse and, and keep it going and look forward to seeing you back in the big leagues thank you, thank you for listening to the Rivercats nine lives podcast hosted by johnny dosco Please like, subscribe, and share with all your baseball-loving friends. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook.